Man, this is huge. We're, we're walking in this journey. We're, we're going page by page in this chronological study of God's Word this year. Has it encouraged or impacted you at all? Let me see if, you, if it has. It's great. Listen, some of you, this may be the very first time you've really taken serious reading God's Word cover to cover, you know, and understanding that, that when if you took a Bible just like mine and understanding Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and so on. If you took that and you went all the way through the Scripture, that it wouldn't be connected in the timeline. Okay? And so what we've done is, uh, we have the study that we're doing is connecting the big story of God all the way through the, the timeline of time itself. Since He spoke the word into world into um, existence with His words, right? And we'll keep going until we see the picture of how things will all end on this earth. And then we'll go to heaven and be with the Lord, right? Forever and ever and ever, if we follow Him. Did you hear that last part? If we follow Him. So today, maybe the big thing for you is, you need to examine your life even now as we get started. Is Jesus my Savior and Lord? I've been to church a lot, but, but that's not the question. The question is, is Jesus your Savior and Lord? Are you following Christ Jesus? Or are you trying to do it yourself? We don't want to get to the end of days in our life and say, well, I hope I've been good enough. We've talked about this so much. I'll never stop, by the way. You can never be good enough. You can't be. You're going to fail. You're going to falter. You're going to stumble. You're going to struggle. You're going to sin. But praise God. Thank God Almighty that Jesus Christ died on the cross and His blood that He shed covered our sin. Don't forget that. Don't forget that the sin that you'll sin tomorrow, He's already paid for. Wow, what a Savior. You know, it's just amazing. Now, when we're made known of our sin, we repent of that. We turn away from that and turn toward Christ. So I want to encourage you today to, first of all, examine your life and see where you are with the Lord. You know, we're coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. We're coming up uh, a few weeks. We're coming up on Easter. Resurrection Sunday. The day that we celebrate our risen King. Amen. Like he is not dead. He is alive. You are going to begin even now thinking of people that you would like to bring with you to that service, to that time, to hear that gospel message about Jesus. I want to encourage you to do that. Friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, whomever it is. 10 a.m. on Easter, we'll be here worshiping. Amen? But if that invitation in your life you're, you're about to hear a preacher say something you'd never thought you heard a preacher say. If that invitation in your life is only for a service on one Sunday, on an Easter Sunday, then don't do it. Because what they really need invited to is a relationship with someone who knows Jesus. 
so that that person can walk with them in perhaps a new relationship that they have with Jesus. Teach them, disciple them, show them those things. You know, today we're looking at uh, the kind of the end of Joshua's ministry. The end of Joshua's leadership. And I'll bet you if you could interview Joshua right now, he would tell you that he wished things had gone a little different. Especially in the end. Because what happens is, oh, you know how people are. We're fickle, aren't we? We grab a hold of flesh a lot, don't we? Let's pay attention to the story today and see what happens. In Joshua 22.5, we're going to see some great things. And then at the end, we're going to see something else that happens. Joshua 22.5, in the next steps of the story, say this, but be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God, walk in all His ways, obey His commands, hold firmly to Him, and serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. Father God, Lord, speak to us in the very next few minutes about this passage in particular in our lives and how we can live according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I find it's interesting as pastors, sometimes you're looked at as kind of like a, like a sage, like somebody who knows stuff, like somebody who shepherds the, the sheep and, and you kind of are guiding and encouraging. That's part of the deal, right? Sometimes it's heavy, especially when you try to grab it yourself and, and kind of be in control of that, which is a bad idea. It's really great to lean on the Lord for these things. But the truth of the matter is this. We often get asked, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? All those sorts of things. And, you know, the Bible actually says it best. The Bible answers these questions in so many ways. David, for example, in Psalms, the question is, how can a young man keep his way pure? You know young men, right? They have no brains. You know? I mean, it's like, what are you thinking? And by the way, just so you know, this purity is not only an issue today for young men, it's also one for young women and, and older women and older men and all those things. It's all out there all the time. David asked the question, how can a young man keep his way pure? Do you know what the answer is? It's really simple. It's not rocket science. It's not something, you know, uh, some crazy math equation. The answer that he says is this, by living according to your word. Wow. Like, it's that simple. That's the answer. And if you look at what Joshua is saying, it's not just about purity. It's in all the areas of our life. Joshua knows his days are numbered. He knows his leadership is coming to an end. He knows, folks, that he's going to die. And he says these words to the people. You ready? Literally. Be very careful to obey all the commands. And instructions the Lord, I mean, the Moses gave you. 
Love the Lord your God, walk in His ways, obey His commands, hold firmly to Him and save Him and serve Him with your whole heart and your whole soul. He gives you the answers. God's not trying to trick you. I said it last week and somebody said, what an epiphany. But it's just such a truth statement that we want God's will in our life. We want the answers that God has for us. But we don't read His Word. We don't pray prayers to the Father through the Holy Spirit. We don't encourage one another by meeting together for study and hearing what God's doing in lives. And it encourages our own spirit and walk with God. But today, Joshua literally makes this crystal clear for us. Number one, we should obey God's commands. True or false? True. Now the other side of it is, do we? Okay? You can say that, well, I try to. You know, I really, well, my question would be, do you even know what God's commands are? Look at what it says. Be very careful to obey the commands and instructions that Moses gave to you. Obedience is critical to not only following God, following Jesus, but it's also critical in growing in the Lord. This morning, I overheard a conversation between two of our incredible men. And they were talking about olive tree seeds. Okay? And they were talking about how hard it is to take an olive tree seed and plant that seed. Thank goodness for the internet. Right? So they didn't know this, but I was interested in it. So I might have looked it up and, and seen you know, some information about that. And the reality is they were exactly right. It's difficult. You ready? It's not impossible. There are instructions. There are ways to do it. But you need to follow those instructions. Has anybody ever got one of those prefab furniture things out there in the world today? Any Ikea fans? Any Wayfair fans? You know, let me just go ahead and warn you. If you're thinking about new furniture and you order it from a box, do not get a screwdriver. Okay? Because it's going to be metal clips and you're going to have to figure out how to put those things together and slot them in the right spot and do all the things. Do you know what really helps with this? Say it, Tammy, I heard you. Instructions. The instructions help enormously. We've been in the back building doing this. We're putting up some new furniture that we're getting. All this kind of stuff. Uh, all of it out of a box. Which is not my forte of, of knowing how to do stuff. And I've learned a lot. But I can tell you one thing. The very first thing that I look for is that little piece of paper. I want to know how to put it together. Recently, um, you know, we, we have... Pam deals with a lot because she's raised three boys. Okay? All right? Hudson and Nick and Robert. And one of the things that we take seriously in our home... Okay, first of all, we've had this thing since we were little... Uh, that if you kill it, you have to eat it, right? And so we've grown up with that. One of the things that's come from that is that we take the grill seriously, okay? Like it's serious business. It's not, it's not a play toy. 
All right? Serious. So one time, I tell Hudson to go start the grill. I didn't realize that he didn't know how to start the grill. And he was younger. But if you know anything about the early gas grills, you open it, you turn one on halfway at the time, and then you poke the button. Well, if you keep it closed and turn all of them wide open, and, and then you open it and you push the button, you're going to have a mild explosion in your backyard. Okay? Now, there was a period of time where I had no arm hair on either arm and no eyebrows. Because Hudson didn't know the instructions. And I just assumed that he did. Okay? Listen, folks. It's not rocket science. I want you to, I want you to write one word down. This is huge. It will take time. Okay? It will take time for you to hear from God because it's so easy for you and I to be distracted and move on past what God is trying to say to us. Because we're busy. We have to be somewhere. We have to do something. I don't know if you're like me. I grew up playing basketball. I love basketball. I played it all the time. Believe it or not, when I was in seminary, I would actually uh, schedule my courses around a 12 o'clock basketball league. You might have remember Sterling Lee talking about that when he was here. That's how we got to be such good buddies. I love it. But I don't really care about watching it any other time except this time. And I might have been up late last night. You know? I might have been up late last night watching a little basketball and then, of course, when it was over, I, I probably couldn't have gone to bed, Steve, very good, because I was a little wired, okay? The second three in a row really got me hyped up, okay? This morning, when the alarm went off, I had a choice to make. Am I going to lay here and get some more sleep because I stayed up too late last night? Or am I going to get up Am I going to be obedient to hearing God's word? Carving that time out, sitting in my chair, in the quiet corner, me and my cup of coffee and Jesus. And I'm not saying that trivially at all. I'm talking about every day we have a decision to make. Am I going to discipline myself, carve out that time, and hear from God? Here's the beauty of it. You don't have to wake up in the morning and go check your text message and see if he texted you. You don't have to look at your phone and see if he left you a message. You don't have to go check your email and see if he emailed you. He is speaking all the time. We just have to listen. It's right here, folks. I have read through the Scripture numerous times but every time I do a discipline like we're doing this year, I always hear new things. Always. Because God speaks to us through His Word. And the New Testament says it is living and active. Sharper than a two-edged sword. 
God is doing his work. We have to take the time so that we can hear it, so that we can obey his commands. Secondly, it says, love the Lord your God. We must love the Lord. And this is what I know in our culture. It's real easy in the American dream culture to say, I love the Lord. But do you concretely love the Lord? Do you show other people that you love the Lord? Do other people know that you love the Lord? Do people know that you're devoted to your spouse? Do they have to guess? Or do you talk about your spouse to them? Do you tell people, is there any question in, your mind, in their mind at all? No, because you love them and you talk about them and you talk about your best friends and you talk about the things you love. The music, the television shows, the games. Whatever it is that you love, you talk about those things. Do they know that you concretely love God? Do they know it's real in your life? Can I, can I just give you all something? This is so good. This would be enough to leave with today, honestly. Like, I know how it is sometimes. You get out there in the world, you're shopping at Walmart, you're at your job, you're doing your thing, you're having dinner with somebody. Listen, I just want to take this burden off of you. Life is short. It really is. If you start outwardly expressing your love for God with other people, guess what? It may cost you some friendships or relationships or whatever. I don't think it will. I think it might eventually strengthen those when it comes back around full circle. And they come back to you for a question or a prayer or whatever. But in the meantime... You are concretely showing your devotion to Jesus. My dad is almost 85 years old. He doesn't get around well anymore. But one of the things that he does on the phone is, is he seriously, he and my mom will sit and they'll call through their phone you know, address book to check on people, to show people they love them, to just go all the way through, to be doing something for God. They're sitting around a lot, but you know what they do all, all the time is call people and say, hey, I just wanted you to know I love you. I wanted you to know Jesus loves you. Listen, there are these little things that we can do that show other people our love for Lord, our devotion for Him. We do these things, you know, we, you remember, remember uh, I think it was uh, George Bush Sr. that said, um, random acts of kindness. Do you remember that? I want you to do something. I want you to take a word out of that in your life. And I want you to replace random with intentional. If you're intentional about your kindness towards others, what you're doing is showing them the love you have for God is the love you have for them. And I want to encourage you to do that. Take the time out of your life to do that. This concrete issue is a big one. And um, I don't, has anybody in here poured concrete? Jimmy and Brandon, y'all, yeah, y'all don't count. Uh, however, 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 you've noticed that when you start pouring concrete, I leave. Okay? I'll do a lot of other things. Like I could do some two-by-four stuff. I'll, I'll do whatever. But uh, the, the concrete stuff, I'm out. Because one year during the summer, I was a camp director at a camp called Raybro. R-A Brotherhood, right? 
in Kentucky. It was kind of the, there's a phrase they call it, and I don't know if I'll get in trouble for this or not, but they called it redheaded stepchild, right? This, this camp was that, and it was, you had, to drive, you had to drive through a forsaken country to get there. And I remember, I'll never forget, the first time I drove up, that I was the camp director for the whole state of Kentucky. I was going to love on these boys and encourage them to Christ and all those things, teach them, train them, and equip them. And I got there, and there was a pack of buzzards on the roof. Oh, this is good. This is good. If you ever want some really good stories, just come sit down with me. Let's go to lunch, talk about that. It was a wild couple of summers, okay? First drive in, the first thing I knew, we had to fix the pool, Chuck. The pool was the old school, okay? Concrete. So the first thing we had to do is bust sections out. And it was, by the way, summer in Kentucky. It was hot. And we're getting college students that know nothing about concrete. One guy from Disaster Relief knows about concrete. And he's telling all of us how to do this stuff in a pool, Brandon. This was serious business. It was, I, I don't like concrete very much. But I can tell you this. Concrete is hard and it's real. And when you put it somewhere in your life, people see it. And I want to challenge you to concretely love people in your life. The next thing is this. We need to walk in the Lord. We know that Paul says this. If you live in the Spirit, then stay in step with the Spirit. You've got to walk in the Lord. Okay, Stay in step with the Lord. Go as He leads you. I just, I want to, now, I'm not, I'm not a, a out-of-the-box kind of teacher or, or preacher, but I want to know if you've ever felt the Holy Spirit leading you to do something. Just raise your hand. Listen, just keep it up for a second. Look around. What that means is this. God is speaking to us. Amen? He wants to tell us things. He wants to share with us. You can put your hands down. He's telling us things that He wants us to do. This obedience issue, listen, I'm going to tell you, this is the key for this. If you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you, whispering to you, act immediately. Do not wait. Go and do it. There may be some big things that you might need to bring in your trusted mentors. However, it may be that you pay for the next meal in line at the, at the you know, Moe's or something. You do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Walk in the Lord. Obviously, we've talked a lot about this. Obey His commands. Do you think this obey His commands is important to God? Like how many times have we heard this so far? Obey the commands of the Lord. Words right here. You remember what he said to Joshua in the beginning. Be strong and courageous. Listen. We've got to have a mentality that God is commissioning us with the call to be strong and courageous. We've got to be willing to go where He calls us to go. We've got to be willing to do what He tells us to do. And we've got to go in, in, a, in a bold, audacious way that we know God has called us to do that and we're going to do it. Augustine said, work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. I love that. Because it never gives me a moment just to sit around and do nothing. Now sometimes waiting, I mean sometimes working like it depends on me can be 
prayer, fasting, meditation in the Word of God. It can be waiting, and what I mean by that word, waiting on God, is serving other people. You're going to see that in just a minute. We've got to be strong and courageous. We've got to obey His commands. Then it says, to hold firmly to Him. Hold firmly to the Lord. I want to know if anybody enjoys hiking. Any hikers? Anybody, anybody ever, ever, ever hiked up in the mountains like, say, Tennessee, North Carolina? Any, anybody in, the, in those mountains? Maybe even in uh, Colorado and those worlds? I've had the privilege to do that, to be able to. I love hiking. I love to get out. It's so enjoyable to me. It's fun to me. Um, I can remember, however, when I was in the seventh grade, we went to this place. Um, I, I believe it was like called Clinging Rock or something like that in Tennessee. And we're, we're hiking along. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful and beautiful until we get to a spot. It was this spot. And we're on the top. And we've already come all the way up to the top. All we had to do is go that way and then we're like finished. We're going down. The parking lot's over there. It's all good, you know. But you had to get over there. And to get over there, you had to clean. Really. Like you were holding on for dear life. Like I will never forget as a, as a young adolescent holding on firmly to the rock. Okay? You need to understand this is not a game. Satan is here to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what it says. Jesus has come to give you life. If you're not clinging to Jesus, Satan will creep in and blind you. He will deceive you. He will make you think you're doing just fine. And you'll pull back and it'll be too, too late. Listen, you need to understand this. He literally wants to take your life. He cannot take your soul because God already has that. But He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus wants you to stay focused on Him. We've got to hold firmly to the Lord. And finally it says, and serve Him with all your heart and soul. We have to serve the Lord. Literally, how will you serve the Lord? You serve the Lord in two ways. Two ways, church. Through your ministry, right here in the church. If you don't have a ministry in the church, come and find me. Come and find Brandon. We will help you find your ministry. See Ricky. See Melanie. We will help you find your ministry. Because every one of us has a ministry in the church. We're going to start a new member class in a few weeks. And if you need to go back through that new member class just so we can, when we unpack the, the serving where you need to be, come do it. Everyone needs to serve Him in the church. Also, there's missions. It's outside the church. It's how we serve Him outside the church. Every one of us needs to be a part of that. I held up this bag last week and talked about the easy opportunity we have to serve our community by filling this bag up and taking it out. What are the odds you think I still procrastinated and didn't fill up my bag? Who thinks I didn't fill up my bag? Just raise your hand. Pam, you just gave it away. I mean, that's not even fair. 
All right, well, here's a good thing. I got the bag from here to my desk at least. Okay? We need to do simple little things like this, yes. Intentional encouragement things from our church. But I want to encourage you to serve people with the love of Christ that He's given you to serve. And finally, I want to tell you this. This is the beware point. Remember how right here Josh was telling the people, here's what you need to do. But y'all listen, if you just go a couple of pages more, you learn something else happened. Those, that challenge that Joshua gave the people to obey His commands, to serve others, to love the Lord. Remember, David said pride comes before the fall. Or actually Solomon said that. Proverbs 16, 18. But in Judges 2, 1 through 5, you need to hear these words. The angel of the Lord. And when we see the angel of the Lord, you can just go ahead and put Jesus in there. Went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors. And I said I would never break my covenant with you. For your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars. But you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your side and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they called the place Bochum, which means weeping. And they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. Bow your heads with me. Just a few pages before. Just a few paragraphs before. Joshua's telling the people how to live. And they turn their back on God. I encourage you today, don't turn your back on God. Obey the Lord today. Walk in His ways. Serve Him with all your heart. Love Him concretely. Let others see Jesus in you. Let us not ever have to call this place Bokeh because we are weeping. Oh, Heavenly Father, God, You've entrusted us with so much. Lord, if it's just as simple as taking a few more bags and sacrificing a few more soft drinks. Let us encourage the people in our community. If it's taking a bolder stand at work, when we know things aren't going the way that you want us to, whether it may be in our homes, some things, some conversations that we need to have, or it may be in our own life, some discipline that we need to put on ourselves and stop doing some things or start doing some things, like getting in your word, like hearing from you. Father God, whatever it is today that we can do to obey you, to walk in your ways, let us put aside the temptation of the world. Let us be obedient to the Father. We love you. 
We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.